Hey everyone, welcome to the Motivated to Inspire podcast. My name is Jamafu, the founder of MotivatedToInspire.com. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today as we continue our series about the giants in the promised land. And if you missed the first two sessions, today we're in part three of the series. We first looked at the Jebusites, followed by the Gagashites, and today we're going to be looking at the Canaanites. And just to give a bit of context to what we're doing, when Israel went into the promised land, they encountered various enemies, mainly seven of them. And we have looked at the first two, the Jebusites and the Gagashites. Today we're looking at the Canaanites. And in some way, those enemies, they still appear in our lives today. They may not be the physical human beings that we encounter, the enemies, but some kind of uh, obstacle that they imposed on the Israelites, we face them today as well. And if you missed the first two, uh, be sure to catch up on the podcast. Today we are looking at the Canaanites, uh, who are descendants of, uh, of Noah. If you look in the Bible, in Genesis chapter 10, we learn that the Canaanites were descendants of Ham, who was also a son of, of Noah. And Noah, if you remember, is the man God called to build an ark in the New Testament to, to protect him and his family from the destruction that he brought upon the world when he brought a flood to wipe away uh, every living thing that was on the earth and he preserved Noah and his family. So the Canaanites, they descend from Noah. That's that's where the lineage is from. And so what kind of what kind of obstacle do the Canaanites represent in our lives? Well, so when I was doing my research, again, it, it uh, alluded to Canaanites as people that had uh, an issue with uh, materialism. And these are just some notes that I got. It says the, the Canaanites were merchants who humiliate the financial giants. They were motivated by greed and lust for the accumulation of earthly and material wealth. And so this is, that's kind of like a description of, of what these people were. And I'm sure if we look at life today, we see those kind of characteristics in our lives. We've probably been tempted by materialism that has tried to keep us away from doing the will of God. And that's that's how this Canaanite spirit manifests in our in our daily lives. And so um, what I'd like to do now as we continue on that part of, of materialism, I think Jesus covered it really well when he spoke to his disciples, if we all go to our Bibles and open Matthew chapter 6, verse 24 to 34. If you are there, uh, this is what it says, starting verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory 
was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow... <coughs> Sorry about that. It says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Right, so what the picture that I got here as I was meditating on the scripture, I, I've read it so many times, but I think the more I've, I've meditated upon it, the more revelation I've, I've received about the scripture. What Jesus was telling his disciples here was they should they were not to spend or consume ourselves, consume our our time and energies pursuing worldly things, pursuing um, the, the things that he was talking about, about what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear, being concerned about the material stuff that um, we all easily can start worrying about when we don't have certain things. And even things like uh, money, always looking after money, especially in this world today where everything is just so busy with technology and latest developments on this and that. There's kind of like a drive to just be up to date with the latest things and all that kind of stuff. And because of that, we it, it leads to unnecessary anxieties and, and worry. And that's that's something that Jesus doesn't want us to, to have to to go through or experience. So what is basically saying, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So the well, one observation that I've also made is uh, a common mistake that uh, many of us make, including myself. This I've, I've been a victim of, of of this problem as well, where we somehow deceive ourselves or allow the enemy to deceive us to say, I'll first pursue riches and all that so that I can then sponsor the kingdom of God, maybe giving into a compassion ministry is feeding the homeless, um, investing in maybe repairing the church building, evangelism. There's there's always a need in the church, right? And we deceive ourselves into thinking, right, as, as soon as I have all this money, or as, as soon as I have all these material things, then I'm going to start um, seeking the kingdom of God and, and doing his will. But in reality now, while we may think that way, it's not the way it, it usually works, nonetheless. So I'll give you a very simple example. Let's say, <clears throat> let's say you earn a weekly wage or salary of $10, right? And your tithe from that, what you give to, to God as your, as your expression of faith in, in him, as, as your source, 10% of $10 would be at a tithe of uh, $1, right? And if you struggle giving even that $1, telling yourself that, I ah, know as soon as I start making maybe $1,000 or whatever it is, then I'll start tithing. 
in reality it you you'll actually never get to that point because you're so bent on holding on to that ten dollars and not even giving away a dollar for your tithe will you be able to give away a hundred dollars for example if you start earning a thousand that's that's something to to think about and so what what god wants you to do what jesus wants you to do starting with what you have have a vision for what it is that god wants to accomplish in your life and sowing into that particular uh, vision and that sowing into that also includes your your resources your your time your money your yeah all sorts of things but in particular right now i'm talking about your your money and if you are struggling to give a dollar for tithes and maybe investing even in your family's needs and and whatever else if you are not able to do that with a small amount you are definitely not going to be able to do it with a big amount so we walk in deception a lot of the time saying no as soon as i make a lot of money as soon as my business starts doing this or that that's when i'm going to start putting money into the kingdom of god so what you should do first of all is spend time in god's presence and seek seek an understanding of what his purpose for your life is all about and when you have that vision you god begins to show you all the things that need to be done because a vision for god is not just meant to gratify you but it's supposed to advance the work of the kingdom and be a blessing to other people that's why we the verse that says love the lord your god with all your heart soul strength and mind and love your neighbor as yourself that's where it's it plays a significant role in saying that when you express your love to god you are obeying his commandments right and loving your neighbor as yourself it means going that extra mile to help a brother who is in need and your vision if it's from heaven it will cater to those two things number one obeying exactly what god calls you to do and number two being a blessing to to other people right so um let me see where did i all right so as i was saying when you begin when you are faithful with the little things that god gives you you are also going to be able to be faithful with much as well so the your primary goal should be to 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 seek the kingdom of god it should be to please god to obey his commandments so maybe giving an example if god calls you to be um let's say a doctor that's that's the calling that is put upon your life and he and he communicates this to you and then if you go on and become a mechanic instead saying ah because there's a lot of money in that particular field i'm sure i can do a lot in that particular area and then th when i make that money then i'm going to um do what the other things that god has, has told me to do so fair and fine you might be able to do a lot of great things in that in that area of of being a mechanic and make a lot of money but the sad thing is when you come to the end of your life and it's a, it's that day of reckoning god is simply jesus is simply going to tell you that i i never knew you and is going to deny you because you didn't keep his commandments 
if you read Matthew 7, 21-23, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. And that's, be and that's because uh, of, of not obeying his commandments, of not following what he has called you to do. That's one of the consequences of not being obedient to, to, God's, to God's word. And uh, so, yeah, I just thought I'd, I'd give that e example. So a vision, uh, just to summarize again, it should, um, it should incorporate those two things, loving God and loving your neighbor. So loving God is through obeying his commandments and loving your neighbor is going that extra mile to, to be a blessing to someone else. If you are feeling cold, you'd put on warm clothes, right? And what that, and what loving your neighbor means, means if you see someone else who's feeling cold, they've nothing warm to put on, you go that extra mile and, and bless them with uh, something warm to put on. That's what loving your neighbor is yourself means. So remember those two elements when you're pursuing God's kingdom. When you're pursuing God's uh, purpose for your life, it should, one, honor God, be honoring to God, and two, be a blessing to, to other people. And as you do this, as you consistently honor God, obeying his word, and loving on other people, that's when you see God then bringing the provision for you to fulfill that, that mandate. Because whatever God authors, he makes sure that he's the one who finishes it. But if you author your own dream, if you author your own pursuits, God is not obligated to to finish to finish what you started and i just to add on to that point uh if we go to philippians 1 verse 6 uh, it says being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of jesus christ and what i would like to emphasize there is the part where it says he who has begun a good work so if God begins a good work in you, you can be assured that he's going to bring it to completion. But if you start your own so-called good works, you can't expect God. He won't be obligated to finish that, that particular work in your life. And you become frustrated at the end of it all. So I just thought that would be something valuable to, to keep in mind. So as you pursue that vision, God's vision for your life, he's the one who's going to to bring the provision where there is vision god uh, makes provision right especially if it is his um his vision that that is from from heaven okay so moving on um when we when we look at um the book of genesis in the Garden of Eden, the first two chapters, it, it shows us a perfect picture of what God intended for, for mankind. So when God created everything, he first created, um, he created the earth, right? He created the seas, the sky, he created the, the gardens, he created everything. And then last of all, he created men. And when you think about it, he created men last because he had to make sure that he had everything that he needed first to for his daily for his physical and his physical needs to for his daily sustenance and that was the picture that he had but the unfortunate thing now when adam and eve then disobeyed that uh, model somewhat got corrupted because adam had 
um, dominion over he had dominion over all those things that God had created first the animal kingdom the plant kingdom um, the mineral kingdom as well all those things were subservient to to Adam but now when sin came into the world somehow that order was reversed and instead of us uh, having dominion over those things we find today through materialism people being servants of um, material stuff the money the fame the glory and and all that and so through jesus uh, coming into our life right god wants to god's purpose was to restore that order in the garden of eden and that's that's why he then emphasized as i read in this verse that seek first god's kingdom because all these things are already yours all the all the things that are on this earth are already yours and god can channel whatever resources he needs to make sure that his purpose in your life is fulfilled so the i've, I've seen today uh people that I've, I've worked with people that i know um in hollywood all these uh, famous guys that we 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 know a lot of them are, are open that um they they somewhat sold their souls to the devil in exchange for for wealth and for fame and for those material possessions but at the same time when you watch certain interviews about them you'll find that a lot of them are not entirely happy about their lives they are usually maybe really exhausted because they're overworked they never have time for their families and that's the price that they pay to to have all that material stuff and it's it's funny we've had i'm sure there's you've come across some stories of where you've had some celebrities committing suicide they're taking drug overdoses and things like that and it's it's funny for some for some people it would be strange to say but this guy had everything he had all the money needed he had a nice house he had a nice car he had all these this fancy stuff fancy things and he committed suicide so it, it brings us to the point that uh, money in itself um and all these all these things they they don't necessarily bring us happiness as we as we might think in fact the more that you you have I'm not saying that money is bad but i'm saying the more of it that you accumulate it seems like the more problems it also brings as well and just to clarify what i'm saying money in itself and and things are not bad and riches are not bad it's just the love of money if it becomes your servant if it, if, if it becomes your god rather you'll be start having problems but when you make all those things serve you instead you are able to keep yourself um, in control of what um, you need to be doing by pursuing the the will of God in your life. So, yeah, I think basically that's that's really what I wanted to drive home. In Matthew sixteen twenty six, to verify what I was just saying about money, about uh, pursuing the things of this world, it says in Matthew sixteen twenty six. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? So Jesus was asking the question, what will it profit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? And the thing is, 
you might gain all the things on this world in this world right but you're not, you're not going to take any of it out of this world you came into the world with nothing and you're going to leave the world with nothing and so if you haven't invested into your eternity all that pursuit of worldly wealth and riches would have been a waste so that's the danger that we need to be aware of how then do we overcome this uh, giant of uh, materialism that um that that is posed here by the Canaanite spirit as i've already said um spend time seek, seeking the kingdom of god right and how do you do that spend time in in god's presence in prayer meditating on his word studying the word i'll give an example of moses he was um called by god to the mountain right where he saw him face to face he was receiving the instructions that he needed to pass on to the Israelites and during that time on the mountain he he received the 10 commandments that he wrote down on the tablets he also gave them all the instructions about how to build the tabernacle and all the different laws that we read about in the old testament and through following that pattern you know god uh blessed him he he made him prosper and that's the same thing in our lives today when you spend that time in our closets in prayer seeking god worshiping him praising him he's going to download all the instructions into our into our spirits that he wants us to execute and so remember like i said we love god by obeying his commandments so when god then deposits revelation into you he shows you the things that are to come he shows you the things the pattern uh, of life that he wants you to live and if you follow through on that and do it it's an expression of your love to god and he prospers you and validates the calling that he has put upon your life so that's 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 basically what you need to do spend time in the in the presence of god seeking him in prayer and studying studying his word meditating upon his word to a point where you you start to live a life of conviction and not a life of of preference so my encouragement to you is if you are facing that kind of a challenge it's not the end of the world um follow through on on, on those things that I've I've just encouraged you to do spending time in his presence and studying the word of god and as you begin to do that your life will begin to change as well your dependence on god is going to open so many other doors that you never thought would be possible and your life will be so much better than you might have thought before so thank you for taking the time to to tune in i hope this has been helpful to you if you if you missed the first two sessions like i said before be sure to catch up to them and um also reflect on this lesson that we have shared and until next time May God bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance towards you and give you peace. Shalom. God bless you. Take care.